Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kind of depends and probably some rando too, but no complaining because this is free. Free. This is beauty and the beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. Last week, I was a guest on the Daily Circus podcast. It's a show that is dedicated to pointing out absurdities in politics from both sides of the political or ideological spectrum. Hosts Red and Zed cover current events, philosophical topics, and the latest from the extreme left or right each and every week. We talked about the Green New Deal, electoral prospects for Democratic candidates in 2020, and much more. So if you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, check out the Daily Circus podcast using the links in the description. Thanks for listening and enjoy. We'll move on from that depressing topic onto the (laughs) wonderful, bright, and happy topic uh, that is going to be rainbows, dreams, and uh, unicorn farts that is AOC and the Green New Deal. The premise behind this is uh, we're going to do all kinds of things that are completely green and will um, give everyone everything they want while taxing the wealthy. Really, the thing that caught me on here that was the absolute most hilarious was the um, the trying to eliminate air travel um, and replace it with trains, which just seems silly to me. I, I don't know why we would do that. The trains still have to be powered by something. Uh, and that's, I, you know, it's not going to be the sun. So I don't know how we're going to power the a, trains. It, hope and change. Uh, it, is that so? I think we have a, an Obama voter on with us. That's true. Previously. Uh, two yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. So two well, times. I can't believe it. But yeah. Welcome to the show, Matt Christensen. Uh, Matt, do you want to give a little bit of your background and uh, your podcast and make a few plugs for the folks? Sure. And thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, I run a YouTube channel. I do a weekly podcast as well. Um, You can find everything that I make uh, at my new website. It's mattchristensenmedia.com. Sort of difficult to spell, but it's Christian like the religion, S-E-N, Danish spelling. Um, As far as like my my worldview... uh, don't let the claim to Obama voting fool you. I, that is true. That did happen. Um, since maybe 20, 2014, 2015, this former Democrat has been uh, on kind of an ideological journey. It, it, it started for me with a, an absolute disgust with growing uh, hostility toward free speech on the left. And uh, it, is, it has pushed me to question a lot of my former values into uh, perspective that I think is much more oriented around individual rights and individual liberty than previously. So that's kind of where I'm at today. I don't, I don't know where my camp is. Uh, but, but generally I try to try to stick up for the individual to do what you want. So long as you aren't really harming others in the process. And, uh, so yeah, as far as the green new deal, man, uh, apparently, um, we're going to whip a bunch of people into environmental shape. That's how we're going to do it. I guess. I don't know this. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know much about either of you guys. Would either of you guys be consider yourselves in favor of this deal? Because I, I have not actually spoken with a person who is sincerely who sincerely believes this to be like an excellent idea or even an excellent starting negotiation point. So let me just take that one first, Red. So I tend to be Matt, the more left leaning 
uh, voice on the show, although I really identify myself as a libertarian, voted for Gary mm-hmm. Johnson in the last election. But um, anyway, I, I think this is total lunacy, and I don't think there's not really one thing on here that's actually feasible to implement without destroying everything. Dang it. I had high hopes for someone who was going to go to bat for this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it, it's don't get me wrong. I spent I don't know how long we spent on my Sunday stream dunking on this thing uh, because it's as silly as you're describing. I mean, not only are the ideas from a practicality standpoint, silly, the idea that you're going to replace airplanes with trains and there's not going to be any more cows. We're going to put a suppressor on every cow's butt in the country. So there's no more methane emissions and that sort of thing. But in terms of the financing, like she goes back to this, this 70% top rate. Well, great. I mean, take every billionaire in this country, tax everything he or she has, take his, take his firstborn, take his house, take everything. You will not retrofit every building in the country with that money. It's just not possible. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, I, it does kind of baffle me that there, that we have a whole bunch of presidential candidates for the democratic party, for example, lining up to endorse this deal as though it's anything but pie in the sky. Uh, well, I, well, I can admire some of the I, I guess I can admire some of the goals. <laughs> that is to say, like, wouldn't it be great if these things were feasible? If, you know, I mean, like, sure, if I could have a car that's exactly the same as my car now, but was, but had zero carbon emissions. Yeah, that'd be cool, I guess. But I, the question is, do I want to let market innovation get us there? Or do I want to hand over control of everything to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who was a bartender last year at this time, but secretly knew everything about the environment, about energy, about transportation technology, whatever. And uh, no, of course not. Of course, I don't trust her to, to manage these things. Yeah, well, I want to read some quotes. Yeah, go ahead. I want to read. I want to read some quotes. All right. So you mentioned uh, rebuild every single building in the U.S. Right. So or retrofit, I guess. Or yeah. retrofit. I want to be so, fair, not re- <laughs> yeah. retrofit. Uh, so the quote is: upgrade or, rep- or replace every building in the U.S. for state-of-the-art energy efficiency. I, th- I mean, that sounds great. If we could do it for free. Like with magic, could we do it with magic? Because I think that would be a really, a really big benefit. Um, next, next quote: We will end, we will end all traditional forms of energy in the next ten years. So here's here's the quote: A ten-year plan to mobilize every aspect of American society at a scale not seen since World War II to achieve net zero uh, greenhouse gas emissions. End quote. So World War II, uh, I think we did. Uh, what did we do? We took people's gold during World War II. I, it was crazy. We rationed everything. This is this is what we should do to meet this need. Um, plans to ban nuclear energy within ten years. So I'm not even going to read that because yeah, I, I want to pause you there for a second because this one, if you're trying to go green, seems the most crazy to me. I'm of the mindset that we should be ramping up nuclear energy production. Not, I mean, we've we've basically said we're afraid of nuclear energy for a very long time now. And and we need to get out of that mindset. And honestly, I think we should ramp up production. That's how you get green. Well, we've, we've brainwashed uh, generations of people that, that atomic energy is just going to kill everyone immediately. Uh, I mean, that's, if you look at all these nuclear weapons bans, I mean, that's great that we don't want any more weapons that are any worse than we have today. But we don't have to have worse weapons to have cool deuterium, you know, tritium reactors. It, it's it's not those are different things. 
right? I mean, if you go back to World War II, I think, or, or I'm sorry, if you go back to the Cold War, it was all, I, I don't know, it, it's it's just been like we're living like we're living in such a confused state that we can't pick things apart. We can't tell a nuclear bomb from a nuclear uh, generator. Like those are different things. They are, are fundamentally different technologies. One, you are trying very hard to make nothing explode. The other one, you are trying to make everything explode. You'd think we could tell the difference. Well, my only question about it, I guess, as a final thought is, does that include the sun? Yeah, we, we probably should should work on banning the sun, I think. Yeah, well, that's that's one way to do it, I suppose. No more um, no more climate change then. Good point. No more, <laughs> no more climate, no more climate change. Yeah. Hey, how about this weather, which is not climate, unless it gets really hot, in which case it is climate. So I'm, I'm kind of confused about that one. Anyways, so uh, so where do you land on the uh, the global warming? Uh, I have I'm not an expert on the science. Uh, that said, I'm not going to like endorse or deny the science. I, I generally, from what I have read and from what I understand, I, I don't think that I, I have any reason to doubt the idea that um, that greenhouse gases could contribute to uh, a warming trend and or you know certain climate effects on the Earth. That said, I think where the the heart of the debate is to what extent is it human caused, and then secondarily, if it is to a large extent to what degree should we uh, should we handicap our economy in response and and to what degree can we correct course so you know I'm by no means am I an expert on this issue but what does frus- frustrate me is is that when discussing economic realities that is to say even if if you grant the science and you believe that you know within a hundred years global temperatures might increase a degree Celsius or two, uh, should we should we completely destroy our economy now to try to mitigate that? Uh, and if and the, and then the other question is too, like if I accept the doomsday warning or even the quasi doomsday warning, who do I trust to solve these problems? Do I do I trust uh, government regulation or do I trust market solutions? And generally, I'd I'd be a person who would prefer to trust innovation to solve our problems as opposed to the government hand, but. But yeah, I mean, I, I I don't consider myself firmly opinionated on this issue just because it's not an area of particular expertise for me. Look at that. A reasonable response. I'm going to throw them all- off the show. If you give me another answer like that, you're done. Okay, it's all it's all fake. It's made up by the globalists and Chinese to try to. <laughs> there you go. There to, you go. Uh, we can cut that I'm other piece for, out. Right? It'll tank our ratings. <laughs> No, that's 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 a perfectly reasonable response, I think. And I and I I think more and more people are coming to that conclusion, I hope, because that's that's the conclusion that we should all come to. That what's what's the most effective way that we can spend our money to incentivize people to move towards these solutions. So I I am kind of mostly in favor of the uh, the the subsidy that we applied to electric cars that pushed people in that direction by cutting the cost of electric cars with rebates. Uh, I think that was a good good thing to do. It seemed like a reasonable way to push the technology forward because uh, regardless of your position on climate change, it it seems like a net win if we push our technology in that direction because the from my perspective, uh, getting off of oil is is just a it's a no-brainer, I think because whether or not you think it's renewable or, 
it, we're hitting peak oil or whatever. Uh, I just think it's a simpler solution to get electricity from other places than digging them, digging it up from, you know, well, the, I mean, some of these oil wells are going very, very deep now to tap unsourced uh, locations. And then the, the tar sands is a, a pretty complicated process as well. It just seems like there are more efficient ways to get electricity. Um, and I think we should be focusing on those instead of just continuing to put all of our research and development dollars into finding new sources. I'm not saying that's bad or we, we shouldn't keep, keep doing that as we need gas right now. But I think doing simple things to push research and development uh, and to kind of bring down some of the costs of some of those things of like the, the Tesla, uh, I, think, I think I'm okay with that, that amount of uh, government push. Yeah, I think there's a difference between incentives versus uh, like punishment or intervention. I, I'm not. I, I generally would prefer to avoid government picking winners and losers as much as possible. But um, you know, maybe there's room for a little incentivization here and there. That's uh, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things about a rebate is kind of like the um, uh, a voucher, right? It's it's up to an individual how they want to spend their rebate or their voucher or whatever, um, but it's subsidized because we've we've as a as a I don't know as a world as a nation, however we're getting this money, this horrible carbon tax would be more of a global monstrosity, um, but just a regular tax would be probably a national or state, uh, and and that is how it's it's typically done today. There is a um, at least in California there is one. Uh, uh, an electric vehicle rebate, and then there's a national one as well that I think has just expired or is about to expire. Um, and I, I think that was a pretty reasonable approach because it wasn't it wasn't saying this company or that company. It was saying that you, as an individual, if you want to spend your money trying to push uh, trying to push technology forward, we're going to give you a, kind of a, a cut. We're going to give you some sort of a rebate. And I, I, I'm I'm a fan of those generally vouchers that sort of thing. Uh, so. Uh, cap and trade. This is this is the best thing. I think everyone's excited about cap and trade, right? So cap and trade, quote, may be a part, a tiny part of the larger Green New Deal plan. So cap and trade is essentially we're going to cap the amount of carbon emissions you can have. And then we're going to, I think this is related to trading carbon credits, which uh, as far as I can tell is a giant scam for uh, Al Gore. Um, uh, David Blood and lots of other people to make tons and tons of money by contributing absolutely nothing to society. <laughs> what are you talking about? I saw that movie when it came out. <laughs> and did you believe it as the Obama voter at the time? Uh, well, it came out when I was like, God, I think I might have been in high school at the time. Like, I think what what year was that? Let me look it up. I I really uh, think it was was it two thousand one. It was May 2006. It was right when I graduated high school. So Oh wow. I was, was way off. It was before I was even voting. Yeah. I was a uh, yeah, I I gave a speech my uh what was it? freshman sophomore year of college about how uh we were all going to die from global warming and we should all feel sorry for the polar bears and uh that Paris Hilton was right and that it's hot. Uh, well, we talked about that one polar bear on the show that at before there is a picture, that one polar bear, he's doing very poorly. Uh, but <laughs> just that one, the rest of them. Overall, are, they're uh, okay. Doing quite well. So, so I'm a, I am, I know almost nothing about cap and trade other than the concept, 
But as proposed here, or as proposed generally, like where does the cap hit relative to what, I don't know, average emission is for like, I don't some major company like what if you're if you're like your average big American company that emits X, what is the proposed cap relative to X? Yeah, that's of course I don't think that that's in the Green New Deal. Oh, my God, too specific. My <laughs> you're, you're asking for specifics I, <laughs> instead of dreams. I guess. Oh man, it, well if it gets too specific, then uh, when it's implemented, you just have the uh, the t- entire society puts on yellow vests and then starts burning things down. So okay. it's well, better to be generic. I mean, that's yeah. my problem with this entire thing is it just there's no specific details on how to do it. There's no it's going to cost X. We don't have any kind of plan. I see this as just posturing to try and get the I'm I, I guess bring the non-extreme left more extreme left and to rally up the extreme left base. Yeah. And that's, that's what's crazy. I mean, they cut straight to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez after the, uh, after the state of the union and the NBC coverage I was watching last Tuesday night and they cut straight to her and she talks about how her ideas are so popular. And then I went and looked at all the polling on the, the information uh, or on the on the proposal she was citing. And she wasn't wrong about what the polling was saying. I think it I think um, these are the kind of proposals that people like when you just give them a title. And then when you hear about the details, the polling might come back a little bit. But she wasn't necessarily wrong about that. And the consequence for the party now is in, instead of any moderating force, it's like who can get in line to be the most wildly progressive and it, I, in terms of electoral strategy, political strategy for the Democrats, man, it's like you just you just have to be not insane. Trump is a beatable candidate. You just needed somebody with like one percent more charisma than Hillary. Oh, and yeah. You have the presidency. You I, put forth the least charismatic, most hateable candidate ever and you lost. Now, this time around, it might not be the persona problem, but it might be the extremism of the policy problem. And they're all trying to browbeat each other to be the most extreme rather than moderate. It's really weird to watch. Yeah, no, I agree totally. It is completely insane the way they're going about this. And I feel like they are ramping up big to just completely, I don't know, shoot all of their feet. There's going to be like 17 of them again. It's going to, well, it's going to be like the opposite. Like there was 17 Republicans last time. There's going to be, I don't know, 42 Democrats. Oh, I can't, I keep can't announcing the debates. Yeah, I it's, it's going to be crazy. I've been talking about this on our show because there's basically two if you if you have your two axes of what will get a democratic nominee a win. One is intersectionality and the other is just hatred of Trump. So if you're lacking in the intersectionality department, you're really going to have to up your hatred of Trump to compensate. <laughs> but I'm telling you there's going to be like 30 people on the stage just jabbing at each other over who hates the president more. And that that's going to play really well in their their hardened base, which, you know, it's, I guess this is true in terms of all, how all primaries develop, but this is going to be a show to watch. This is, this is going to be fantastic. It's <laughs> no, I hate him more. No, I hated him first. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. I think, I think you just created a, 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 a pretty clear, um, uh, theory. So I, I think this is a testable theory. So I okay. think you basically said, uh, what I'm going to take out of this is that whoever is the loser of the victim Olympics has to hate Trump the most to compensate, to have any hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're mm-hmm. like, let's put it this way, Kamala Harris, this is the theory we have 
on our show. Kamala Harris is very well positioned because she fits the intersectional hierarchy, the victimology as a black woman. And she are, you know, she's going to have plenty of hatred for Trump. She's going to be well positioned, high marks on both axes. If you're Joe Biden, you're, you know, you're an evil white male. You don't, you have negative intersectionality points, if not zero. So you're really going to have to hate aggressively. You're going to have to be rabid in your hatred of Trump to beat per someone like Kamala, who of course has all the intersectionality points. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, like in, in terms of someone who, like as someone who in all likelihood will vote for the president again, unless something drastic changes, I'll probably vote for him again. Uh, in terms of who I would fear in the Democratic Party the most, or who I, fear is the wrong word, who, who, who I think stands the best chance to beat Trump. I, I think Biden would be my top pick. I think he's the guy that has the best shot to do it. But I think to that base, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't fit the bill. He doesn't, he certainly doesn't fit the intersectionality bill. You know, that's some very interesting analysis. And I think you have a good point there. I think what's going to happen is they will elect in the primary someone that is totally insane and they'll never stand a, a chance against Trump. Now, I don't like Trump at all. Well, yeah. you can listen to the show and check all that out. But um, I don't think I think what they will do is elect a candidate uh, on the, the primary that just doesn't stand up to his troll game, basically. Uh, hmm. I don't think that'll happen because, uh, I mean, last time we had we had this this exact. Well, not this exact situation, but we had uh, in the Democratic primaries, we had the uh, the more extreme versions and they had a lot of support uh, and they were just destroyed by the machine. Yeah. The, I mean, the Democratic political machine just just crushed them. I mean, you might call it the Clinton machine, but it, it's just the well, Democratic right. machine. And she was kind of driving the show. So I just think that they're going to throw all of their weight behind destroying those candidates. It could be that I believe it was more of the HRC machine last time. And hopefully that machine doesn't make a return for everyone's sake. But yeah. we will see. <laughs> um, I mean, you talk about distaste for the president. The reality is you're not in a minority on that. You look at favorability polling. I mean, Trump Trump is not a massively popular guy as far as the country is concerned. And, it, and, and I understand why, as somebody who still is generally more with him than against him, though he does occasionally piss me off a lot. Uh, but, um, but yeah, the point is, for the Democrats, it's like, it, it's so weird because they, they hate him so much. All they have to do is just not be like, not be worse than him in the eyes of the average American and they'll win. And for some reason they keep fumbling over be, uh, insane ideas like the green new deal or, uh, you know, what all of this insane nonsense that just does not resonate with the average American. That seems so out of touch that all of a sudden Trump's latest silly tweet doesn't seem so bad, especially if your wallet's doing well. It's like that they're, <laughs> their hatred of them drive their hatred of him drives them to be worse than him and therefore lose which is just an, it's it's an amazing scene to watch As, well i'm excited you <laughs> you you've got me jazzed up for this yeah i was yeah, well, say. I, I love the political show man that's uh even even over uh like the actual policy outcomes themselves which i should care more about especially these days when i think a lot of funder, fundamental liberty is under threat but I love the theater. I, I think it's way more entertaining than, you know, pretty much any TV show or movie or anything like that. And that's basically what it is, a gigantic TV show. 
which is yeah. why we call our podcast The Daily Circus. Well, yeah. <laughs> Matt Christensen, we appreciate you joining us here tonight and talking about AOC and this Green New Deal. Uh, go ahead and uh, give any other plug about where people can find you on Twitter and that mess. And uh, we really do appreciate you coming on. Yeah, you can find all of my content, including video podca- uh, video content, podcast content, all my social media, all my contact information. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com. Again, it's uh, it's Christian like the religion, S-E-N, mattchristensenmedia.com. And thanks for having me. Guys. Yeah, thanks for being on. And we'll make sure and get that in the show notes. Um, all right. Thanks, Matt. And uh, we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. 